want to say thank you to those of you who have already given a love offering for world missions and uh, encourage all of us to give for world missions a Thanksgiving offering. Today uh, and in the weeks ahead, October is a month for us during which we especially want to express our love to the Lord by giving for world missions. We have hundreds of missionaries around the world and their support is dependent upon congregations like ours to bless them, to help them. And our goal, our goal as a church family is to give $60,000 for world missions by the end of next uh, April, April 30th. Amen? All right, thank you for giving attention and showing your love for our missionaries. Praise God. I invite you now to turn to 1 Thessalonians in our Bible, chapter 5, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 18. Our theme is very simply, yes, I will give thanks. Yes, I will give thanks. In 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 18, there is this very important Bible verse which says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. And for our boys and girls today, we have a nice handout that they can color that particular Bible verse, at least the first section, and children, you can also take notes of the main points on the back of that sheet that you're able to color. If for some reason, children, you did not get one, maybe you can put your hand up, and the two wonderful young ladies that help distribute them can look for your hands and get that to you, all right? And by the way, boys and girls, if you take notes on the one side, then at lunchtime, you can say to your mom or dad, you can say, Mom, Dad, now let's talk about this special truth that we learned in church today. All right? All right. My friends, when we think of this Bible verse that says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. When we think of it, in some ways, we rejoice about what it says, but in some ways, in some ways, you and I are inclined to say, wait a minute, it says, be thankful in all circumstances. And you can pause, and I can pause and say, really? How can I be thankful in all circumstances? When a loved one of mine has become very sick or I've become sick and I've had a hard time, um, am I supposed to be thankful for that illness? Am I supposed to be thankful for that car accident? Am I supposed to be thankful for that possible job loss? Am I supposed to be thankful because my son or daughter, uh, my kids maybe are giving me a real hard time? Well, I, I want us to pay careful attention to what this verse actually says because it doesn't say be, be thankful 
for all circumstances. All right? It doesn't say be thankful for all the terrible things that have happened to you or to your loved one. But it says be thankful what? In all circumstances. All right? Be thankful in all circumstances. And so as you and I look at our lives and we consider this past year, this past year and a half especially, even though there are many things that obviously have not been the very best and we continue to battle COVID-19, what are some things, what are some things that you and I can truly give God thanks for? And so I, I, want, to, I want to invite you to think upon just a few a few beautiful truths that can truly express your thanksgiving and mine. And the first one is this, all right? Boys and girls, if you want to write in the first truth on your piece of paper there, the first truth is this. We want to say, thank you, Lord, for saving us by your amazing grace, all right? Why don't you say that together with me here in the sanctuary and others of you viewing at home or wherever. Why don't you say it with me uh, from, from the screen. Read it with me, all right? Thank you, Lord, for saving us by your amazing grace. What is grace? What is grace? Grace, grace is the undeserved love and favor of God. That's what grace is. Grace is the undeserved favor and love of our Heavenly Father. And in Ephesians, in the Bible, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, the King James Version of those verses says, For, once you read it with me, say it with me, group, would you? For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now that is the King James translation that was initially done back in 1611. And a more modern translation called the New Living Translation of the same verses says this. All right, it says, why don't you read it with me? God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. And then some Bible verses from Psalm 103 say this. They say, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Look at this, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. 
for his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed, he has removed our, tra- our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Amen. Amen. At a time in your life when perhaps everything is going really well or not so well, you and I can be thankful to the Lord. We can be thankful for saving us by his amazing grace, as the hymn writer says. What are, what are we saved from? Well, we are saved from the consequences of our sins. Romans 6.23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah indeed. This Thanksgiving, I want to ask you, do you know? Do you know if, if you are saved? If you are saved? Do you know if, if you are saved? If not, if not, today's the day you can be saved. Acts 2 verse 38 says, Each of you must repent. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Have you repented? Have you repented? If not, then this is the day for you to repent. Will you repent? What does it mean to repent? It means to express our sincere regret and remorse to God for for our sins, for our wrongdoing. It means to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, dear Lord, truly, I seek your forgiveness. And 1 John 1, 9 declares, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Praise his holy name. Amen. And the reason you and I can be forgiven is because God came to earth in the person of Jesus and he died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for your sins and yours and yours and mine. He paid the price for our sins because of his amazing grace. Acts 4.12 says, There is salvation. There is salvation in no one else. God has given you, God has given you no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. By which we must be saved. Are you saved? Are you saved? I want to invite you to repent of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Live your life and devote it to Jesus and love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so this Thanksgiving, we want to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving us by your amazing grace. Amen. Here is a second beautiful reason 
to express thanksgiving to God. Second beautiful reason is this. We want to say, thank you, Lord, for being able to change us for the better. Boys and girls, go ahead and write that in. You can see it on the screen. That's the second truth on your sheet there, on your outline. Thank you, Lord, for being able to change us for the better. When we repent of our sins and believe in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit begins to change us from the inside for the better. This is what the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, why don't you read it out loud with me? It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Many of you can tell. Many of you can, can, can tell of how when you repented of your sins, when you believed in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you can tell how God's Holy Spirit began to change you for the better from the inside out. The change, this change or transformation in, in theological terms is sometimes called initial sanctification. Initial sanctification or Initial holiness, the start of holiness. It is, it is the start of God making you and me and, and molding us from the inside into the people God wants us to become. Initial sanctification. There are different places in the Bible where, where God talks about how he wants to change us for the better. Here are just a few Bible verses where he, he, he tells us about the, the change possibility. For instance, in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27. Read it out loud with me, church family. Read it out loud. God says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your strong, stubborn heart and give you a tender, a responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And then in Psalm 51, verse 7, David prayed, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. And Psalm 51, first part of verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, create, create in me a clean heart, O God. And Romans 12, verse 2 says, say it with me, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Wow. And 1 Thessalonians 5 23, 24 declares together, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will 
do it. He will do it. And 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in the New Living Translation begins by saying, Now may the God of peace make you holy. Make you holy in every way. Wow. 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 Amen. Make you holy. And I want to thank our technical team for putting those verses up at the right time to share them together. My friends... When we first repent and believe in Jesus, we experience the beginning of positive change inside of us by His Holy Spirit. And earlier, earlier I said we, we sometimes call that initial sanctification or the start of holiness, the start of God's holy work inside of us. As we live our Christian lives, and as we desire to surrender more and more of our lives to the Lord, we experience more positive change, more positive change in our lives. How? Through the work of the Holy Spirit, through His work. Now, sometimes the spiritual progress is called gradual sanctification. Gradual sanctification. Ultimately, it is God's desire for us to come to a point of entire sanctification. That's what he wishes for us. He wants us to come to that point of entire sanctification. That, that happens when we surrender every aspect of our lives to the Lord and we cry out, we pray and say, Lord, fill me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, dear God. Let it happen. Entire sanctification is spoken of in the Bible verses that I quoted just a few moments ago where 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24 says, and maybe, maybe technicians, you can show that verse again, where it says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Some of your translations might say, may the very God of peace sanctify you entirely, completely. And then it goes on, it says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Amen. Now, even after you experience entire sanctification, there is still room for more spiritual growth. But, but because you have been filled with the Holy Spirit and you have been cleansed of that, that tendency towards sin, you've been cleansed with the power of the Holy Spirit, you've been cleansed of that, that tendency towards sin, you have greater power to live a holy, a godly life that is pleasing to God. Amen? As, as Romans 6 verse 14 says, sin is no longer master. Sin is no longer master, no. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You live under the freedom of God's grace. So here's a question. Have you asked? Have you asked God to sanctify you entirely? To sanctify you through and through 
as 1 Thessalonians 5.23 promises. Amen. On this Thanksgiving Sunday, we want to say, thank you, Lord, for being able to change us. To change us for what? For the better. Amen. Here is something else all of us can say thank you to the Lord for. Here's a third truth, boys and girls. You can write down this third truth. Say it with me. Read it out loud from the screen, would you? Thank you, Lord, for the good plans you have for each of us. That's right. Thank you, Lord, for the good plans you have for each of us. In the Holy Bible, in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, read it out loud, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. All right, stick with me for a moment. If, if you were to study that verse in the context, in the context of when it was originally spoken, you would find that God spoke those words to the Jewish people shortly after the Babylonian armies attacked Israel. After they attacked Israel, destroyed Jerusalem, and the country, and took many of the Jews into Babylon as prisoners, as slaves. It came to be known as the Babylonian captivity, which lasted 70 years. Some historians and Bible scholars say the Babylonian captivity began around 605 B.C., and other scholars say it began a little bit later, 586 B.C. It doesn't really matter with the exact dates, but the fact is a lot of the Jewish people were taken from their homeland into Babylonia. And near, near the start of those very difficult times for the Jewish people, through the prophet Jeremiah... God said to the Jewish people in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, where we just read, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. Ushers, can I ask if you could close the back doors, please? The Jewish people were going through very frustrating, difficult times. Uncertain times. Times when many of their loved ones were killed by the invading Babylonian armies. Many of the most educated and most brilliant Jewish people were taken away from Jerusalem 
to Babylon, a distance of about 2,700 kilometers or close to 1,700 miles. The ancient city of Babylon would have been close to modern-day Budapest, Iraq. Over, over these past 19 months in our own lives, some of you have gone through very difficult times. Some of you have, have been very sick with COVID. Others of you have lost loved ones to COVID or to cancer or to other diseases or accidents. And some of you have lost jobs or businesses. And I also know that for some of you, work and income have gone on. For some people, work and your income has gone on as normal, no different from before COVID. Some of you, fortunately, have not had any close family member or friend get sick from COVID or from anything else. Whatever, whatever your situation might be, whatever situation you find yourself in, the Lord says to you and me in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. By the way, in the early days of COVID, this would have been back in March, April, May of 2020. In those early days of COVID, Canada's job market lost more than 3 million jobs. The good news is, since May of 2021, our Canadian economy has added jobs every month. This past September, for example, Statistics Canada says 378,000 new jobs were added, most of which were full-time. Now, at present, Canada is now within 720,000 positions or jobs of where we were in February of 2020 before the start of COVID-19 in Canada. I, I mention these figures to us. I mention these to encourage you because, because it means our Canadian economy has recovered more than three-quarters of the jobs we, we lost, and most of the new jobs have been, have been full-time work. And so this is good news, folks. This is good news, all right? And we praise God for the progress that is being made. Here's a fourth truth that you and I should be very thankful for. It is this. Read it with me, would you? Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their 
prayer. God's ears are attentive to your prayers and to yours and yours and yours and to yours. And Psalm 66, verse 17 and following says, For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But, but God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer. Isn't that beautiful? And Psalm 118, verse 5. In my distress I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. In Psalm 118, verse 21, I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. Thank you for giving me victory. In 1 John 5, 14 and 15, say it with me out loud, would you? This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. My friends, in recent months, it has been wonderful. It has been marvelous to hear some of you tell of how God has answered your prayer. At our Saturday morning prayer gatherings and Wednesday evening prayer times and on other occasions, it has been marvelous to hear different people testify of how God has been hearing and answering your prayers. And if we, if we were to take time, some of you would be eager to share and tell of some of those answers. As some of you know, our 34-year-old our son, Jeremy, is married and has a four-year-old little girl named Everly and a two-year-old son named Paxton. Jeremy is needing to have major, very risky open-heart surgery on Wednesday, October 27th of this month. The surgeon needs to replace Jeremy's aortic valve with a mechanical valve and the surgeon has to replace a section of his aorta with a synthetic tube. I attended the session online with my son Jeremy and his wife Kirby when the doctor explained what needed to be done and why. It's a very complicated operation. My wife Cindy and I are, of course, very burdened, very burdened about this major operation. But at the same time, we are also encouraged. We are encouraged knowing that God hears and answers your prayers and ours. Amen? And so whatever it might be that you, that you are facing currently, whatever it might be that you or a family member or friend will be facing in the weeks or the months ahead. Be encouraged and be eager to say thank you, Lord, for the fact that you listen, Lord, you listen 
and you answer our prayers. Amen? Amen? I'm going to ask our musicians to come to the platform, and I'm going to ask our keyboardist, Anthony, to play for a moment. And as he plays, I want to give opportunity for all of you here in the sanctuary at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, and I want to give opportunity for those of you who are viewing on your computers or your phones or your television sets. I want you in your own way to bow your head and express thanksgiving to God. Thank Him. Thank Him for the truths that I have just shared with you that apply to you as well. Thank Him for other matters in your life. Let's all bow our heads. Here, and those of you online, bow your heads, and as Anthony plays, express your thanksgiving. tenderly, Jesus is calling. He's calling each one of us. He's calling each one of us so that each one of us will come to that point of repenting of our sins and putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord so that you and I can truly say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me by your amazing grace. And so, if you as yet have not, have not trusted in Jesus as your Savior, I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me right now. Pray it sincerely from your heart. And pray, dear Lord, Thank you for loving me on this beautiful Thanksgiving. I repent of my sins. Forgive me for my wrongdoings. Forgive me for my sins. I believe I can be forgiven because Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for my sins. And so today I repent I seek your forgiveness. Come into my heart, Lord. Come by your Holy Spirit. Come and, and begin, begin to change me. Begin to transform me. Begin to make me and mold me into the person you want me to become. Yes, Lord. Help me. Help me. 
I want to be saved. I want to be saved from the consequences of my sins. I want to know that I am bound for heaven through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, for you have said you have plans not to harm me, but to help me and to give me a bright future. We thank you. I thank you for that fact. And I thank you, Lord, for hearing, for listening to, and answering my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 My friends, in this message, there's been time for me to only share with you just a, a few reasons why you and I can express thanksgiving. There are so many more reasons. And as, as the worship team sings this beautiful song, count your many blessings, name them one by one. In your own mind and heart, whether you're here in the sanctuary or watching online, let's express our thanksgiving. Let's express in our own way. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yes, I will give thanks. Would you stand, please? Would you stand? When upon life's billows you are tempestous When you are discouraged thinking all is lost Counting many blessings, name them one by one And it will surprise you what the Lord has God has Are you ever burdened with the load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the day go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. When you look at others, what their lands and gold, when the prizes promised Count your many blessings, money cannot buy. Reward in heaven or your home on high. Count your blessings, sing them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, sing them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. So amid the conflict, whether great or God is over all. 
your blessings, and them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, and them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has. Oh, count your blessings, and them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, and them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Amen, church family. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so blessed to be able to spend time in your house today. And God, we thank you for all of the blessings that you have showered upon us. We could spend hours upon hours listing them all. So God, we thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for what you will do for us this week as we go. God, we just pray for those who are in need of a healing touch or a comforting um, a hug, God. We just pray that you would cover them, Lord. God, we pray for each one as they go. We thank you for all that you have done, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, church family, we wish you a blessed Thanksgiving. Please, um, as you leave, six feet apart, as you greet one another, um, God bless you.